You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, hello again from Sprott Money News. This is your Weekly Wrap-Up. It is Friday, April the 29th. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us as usual is Eric Sprott himself. Eric, good morning. Hey, good morning, Craig. Uh, Another great week for us, man. We've had a pretty good run this year, so it can hardly get more exciting than it is. There's no doubt that the the two events are related, Eric. We started doing these calls every Friday, and it seems like every Friday we're going up. And uh, it seems to get uh, a little more uh, optimistic all the time. Let's talk about optimistic. It's a really uh, fantastic week again in the metals, though it seems as if the banks continue to fight us tooth and nail by record open interest, even just yesterday. Uh, gold is charging to new highs for 2016, and as is silver. And I know you're particularly excited about silver. What do you think? Well, you know, Craig, uh, probably back in 2010, I thought that silver would be the investment of the decade. Uh, you look at what's transpired this week. I think this week is very, very noteworthy for our listeners. Uh, we had COMEX expiry, option expiry on on Tuesday. Typically, they try to whack it down so that most of the options would expire worthless. They, there was no such thing happened on Tuesday. Uh, today, uh, about an hour after this phone call, we get uh, London options expiring. Uh, I might have thought that, you know, when I woke up this morning, I'd see silver down to try to, uh, so the bankers would screw some of their option uh, share uh, holders uh, in Europe. But it looks like, uh, you know, the markets are having none of it. Uh, you know, we should have a new closing high again yet today for silver. And I think the most interesting thing is to realize that we have uh, over a billion ounce short position in silver. I think silver's up something like 75 odd cents this week. So somebody's lost 750 million this week, let alone whatever they've lost, you know, from let's say call it the $14 bottom to an almost $18 price now. I mean, that's, that's, uh, Four dollars here. There's been four billion of net change from about uh, uh, two or three months ago, to the to the detriment of one group of ind- individuals, the uh, the commercial hedgers, not even hedgers, the commercial shorters. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's fair to say that the short interest might have risen even higher in the meantime, uh, because there have been a few raids along the way here. And I kind of enjoy watching the raise. You see some guy whacking it down, and then it goes right back up again. So, oh, fine, that's just perfect. Okay, another loser. And hopefully he's got an even bigger short position because uh, the bond seems to, to be pretty steadfast here. And, of course, the reasons to own the metals seem to be improving by the day. They sure do. And, you know, it's not just gold and silver. It's the commodities across the board. We've been watching copper continue to move higher, and that obviously supports silver. Crude oil moving toward 2016 highs as well. And I know this story about uh, all the commodity buying in China has caught your eye. What do you think about that? Well, I'm just stunned by the dollar value of trading and things like, you know, rebar. I mean, rebar and iron ore. I mean, it just boggles my mind that people would go there. Uh, But there seems to be some kind of a herdish thing where if something's going up, they participate. I mean, God forbid that the Chinese investors decide they want to start throwing those kinds of uh, amounts of money into silver and gold here, particularly silver, because it's such a small little market. Yeah. I mean, it would be uh, very dramatic. Um, and, and sort of referring to, you know, the reasons to own precious metals. I mean, we had this 
BOJ, BOJ non-announcement, let's call it, and all of a sudden the currency rallies something like 5%, which was incredible. And it would seem to me that most people are losing confidence in the central planners. And that maybe, you know, as you mentioned, copper going up and other things, maybe people are just deciding, not just people, but maybe institutions as well. I just want to own something real, something that will maintain its value while these currencies get bombarded. So um, it's been, uh, we're in a pretty interesting environment for uh, metals and and of course, the one thing we'd like to see is we'd like to see them explode higher. And and you could see that we've we've got the, the tinder set there. That somebody just lights the fire under those shorts, the billion ounce shorts and silver. I mean, where the hang could the price price of silver go here? I mean, that's that's probably five years of investment supply at a billion ounces because investment demands like two hundred million ounces a year. So I mean, it could get it could get strange. Imagine it if at the same time. The Chinese start buying, let alone, you know, the people are already buying silver coins by, you know, double-digit, big double-digit increases all around the world already. So while silver production is going down, it could be, we're set up for what could be in a very, very explosive rally. And you mentioned one of the themes so far of 2016 is this loss of confidence in central bank policies, the Bank of Japan being one, ECB being another. And now we've got the Fed, who, uh, which went out and told us all they were going to raise rates four times in 2016. And they raised rates and interest rates across the board went down. And now this week, yeah. they're still trying to talk up their rate game, even though GDP is terrible and uh, first quarter earnings have looked bad. Uh, you losing right. faith in, in the central planners as well, Eric? Well, Craig, I'm not losing faith. I never had faith. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> uh, and... Um, but I think the average guy is losing faith. I mean, you, you see more and more commentators or kind of mainstream people going there. I mean, the central banks have increased their balance sheets by, I don't know what the number is, like $10 trillion. And we've got no economic growth to show for it, right? I mean, we have nothing. We have nothing but some some uh, central uh, planners owning a bunch of debt instruments on countries that, for the most part, are broke, where there's no yield. Uh, I mean, God forbid that yields go up here. I mean, the losses that would be uh, encountered by people who are long bonds that go from, you know, 0.5 to 0.1, I mean, sorry, from 0.5 to 1%. I mean, it would be staggering what's mm-hmm. happening. And and most bond owners have had this almost 35-year uh, run now in bond yields going down since beginning in 1980 to today. Uh, and now it looks like Mr. Kuroda isn't quite certain that negative interest rates work. I'm sure the ECB is not quite certain that interest rates work because of the unintended consequences, right? You have pension funds that can't meet their obligation. You have, you have retirees who had a nest egg, but it generates no income. And we're starting to see the fallout from these supposed temporary moves, which have become certainly non-temporary. Imagine if you retired seven years ago and you thought you're going to make you know, whatever four or five percent on your your savings, and now you're you're lucky if you can make uh, make one percent. Uh, you know, you just don't have the wherewithal to sustain yourself. So it's not surprising to me that, for example, personal spending in the U.S. was announced this morning was only a point one percent. GDP was up point five. I mean, it's just there. There's not not much hope for the economy here and the environment that the central planners have created. 
And you know, Eric, it almost seems as uh, really since 2012, it's as if the central bankers take turns printing, uh, whether it's yen or whether it's euro. Maybe it's the U.S.'s time again. I'm watching that dollar index pretty closely. It's at 93.20 this morning, just about 60 basis points above the almost panic lows of August 24th last year. Remember that day when the stock market opened down a thousand points? Uh, are you watching that dollar index? Because, gosh, I can only imagine if that thing starts to plummet back into 80s, that's going to be helping gold and silver prices, too. Well, it's something that we all watch because of the direct relationship between gold and silver prices and, and the U.S. dollar. Um, but I think, you know, the fairest thing you can say is there's just no, there's never been any doubt in my mind that the U.S. government is broke. I mean, there's just no way they can ever make the Social Security payments and other guaranteed uh, uh, pension plan payments and so on to the uh, civil service. They just haven't funded it, and now you, now you have no return. And imagine if we had a break in the market here at the same time, which is starting to look more and more likely all the time. I mean, it would become totally apparent to everyone that, uh, that uh, the U.S. and many, many other countries can't meet their obligations. They're going to have to start disappointing people, and uh, it, would just be, it would be a horrible situation. We're going to be in it. It's just a question of... You know, when somebody fesses up, it's like these uh, pension plans. I think it was the uh, was it the Teamsters that finally had to cut their yep. payments to their members because, you know, the writing was on the wall. Right? It's yep. like what happened in Detroit. The writing was on the wall. And the writing is on the wall for the U.S. government and the people that it's, it's, it's guaranteed some kind of income level to. <clears throat> they, can't, they can't provide it because they've never, they've never saved for it. So it's... Uh, it's not looking good. I've never believed in the economic recovery. I've never believed in the central planners policy. I've always believed in precious metals. And now it looks like those things are all starting to manifest itself. Of course, we know about the silver manipulation. We don't know all the details about the silver manipulation yet, but we know there was silver manipulation and gold manipulation for that matter. And so the, the extent of the bounce back could be incredibly dramatic here. So, uh, it's, uh, it looks like it's uh, full steam ahead here. Speaking of bounce back, Eric, one last question. We, we've got to address the shares again this week. Charging higher. Oh, it's yeah. hard to believe that that Huey index got to 99 just back uh, about 100 days ago. And now yesterday was yeah. up uh, well north of 210, pushing 220. It's going to be even higher today. Uh, for folks that, right. are, that have either, either feel they missed the boat or you know getting skittish, how, how do you personally feel about the shares at this point? Yeah. Well, I saw a great article. I, I don't remember exactly where I saw it. It might have been in Zero Hedge, where it showed sort of a long-term chart of the UE gold index and, and the gold price. And, of course, what we've experienced off the bottom here looks like the smallest little blip of all time, right? right. Yet it's a 100% move. And I think, Craig, if I'm not mistaken, the UE index did get to something like 680 Yep. And today it's whatever, 215 or 220, pushing thereabouts. So, I mean, if, if we could see new highs in the metals, which I've always imagined we would do course because of the suppression and then the, the, the leasing of that pressure on the upside, I mean, we can easily go back to those levels. Well, if we went back to those levels, we got a 240% gain sitting in front of us. Yep. And, and this, of course, is while everyone, everything else is not working. Even you must be amazed at the lack of discussion of the the action that's going on in gold stocks. I mean, we've had the biggest bull market of all time. You never hear any discussion about it. 
If it was, we're up we're up one hundred and twenty percent. If it was the Nasdaq, it'd be on the news every day. <laughs> yeah, totally. So anyway, I think to answer your question, that there's a lot more upside here. I know I personally have been very, very active. I recently made some announcements about uh, major investments in mining companies, and uh, I just believe that the market's going to continue to uh, to revalue this sector higher. And I think there's lots, lots left in it. And every time, you know, uh, there was a stock that I bought, let's say X, about a month ago. It's already gone to uh, 1.5x, and about somewhere of it at uh, like 0.7x a week ago, <laughs> and it's already it yeah, back, back at uh, it's already up. So, you know, people think it's too late, but uh, I certainly don't think it's too late. I think there's tremendous upside because when when the prices go up, it's all profit. You know, if silver goes from 17 to 18, it's a dollar profit. And let's say a guy produces five billion assets, five billion of earnings. Yep. And it goes another dollars, another five million of earnings. And the guy might have started from a base of only making five million. Well now he's making fifteen million. That makes a stock worth three times as much as what the market was valuing at the low. And imagine if we could start talking about getting into the twenties and thirties and things like that. Think of the profitability of the the gold and silver sectors. It would just be astounding. Yeah. And all that money that's been forced almost into the stock market in the last seven years or even just particularly the five years since the last time the Huey topped them. There's so much more money in the investment world at this point. It'd be interesting to see what would happen if it came sloshing back into miners. You know, Craig, one of the things that uh, is really boggles my mind, the GDX, which is the senior gold stock index that trades on the NYSE, it's had net redemptions all year. And I find it so wow. counterintuitive, right? Like people are bailing out. And they should be bailing in. How about so? That? The 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 interest in these things hasn't even begun. It's just that the few buyers out there they go to buy some shares, and there's really no there's, nobody wants to sell them because most of us who've hung on all this time are not going to be sellers. Wait till they actually start putting money into these ETFs, then watch and see what happens to <laughs> to some of the stock prices. So. It's pretty exciting. And it looks like it'll continue next week. By the time we visit next Friday, we'll have another uh, NFP report to discuss. The jobs report for April will be out. It's going to be an interesting week. I look forward to talking to you next week. Any other uh, final words for everyone here on this Friday? Well, I think it looks pretty exciting. It's going to be interesting to see the COD report. You know, it's the commitment to traders report. It's interesting. I'd like to see it up a lot. You know what I mean? I'd like to see the naked short position having risen again uh, because then it's just not much more on the table for them to lose. And it looks to me like they're losing across the board here. And uh, if those guys have to switch from being naked short to going long, wow, we could be in for a lot of fun. So um, I'm certainly looking forward to chatting next week. Got my fingers crossed because, yeah, that that would be a wonderful way to get things going. Uh, Eric, thank you again for your time this Friday. I hope you have a great weekend. Okay, Craig. All the best to you, too. And from everybody here at Sprott Money News, thanks for listening, and and you have a great weekend, too.